At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. Welcome. This is Wacky Wednesday here on the Arrowhead Attic Channel. I'm Adam Best, as always, here with the golden voice of Sterling Holmes and the amazing producer, Richard Sterling. How you doing, man? We're in December. I'm good. I'm good. Christmas season around the corner. Uh, happy Hanukkah to everyone as well. Um, it's a great time of year, man. Weather's nice. I think I'm golfing tomorrow. So anytime I can golf in December in the Midwest, I am thrilled. I am slightly finding ways to get myself over the Chiefs loss to the Packers. Yeah, you know, you had some time. Time heals all wounds. And for me, apparently that's uh, three days and a whole bunch of bourbon. But yet here we are. Yeah, I know it doesn't feel like things are lining up for the Chiefs, but I still feel like they very much are. We'll get to that. We've got a jam-packed show for you guys. We'll dissect this week's opponent, the Buffalo Bills. And then we'll have some fun describing Isaiah Pacheco's running style with some help from our community with a big assist from uh, our Twitter followers. So that will be fun. Let's dig right in though. Let's start with analyzing the Buffalo bills. Our, uh, our bills mafia guest was unable to make it. Uh, so this Is week's question, jumping through a table. Or? I think so. I think so. Or, or setting themselves on fire or something like that. So, Figured. you know, they've, they've got a pretty, pretty rigorous uh, schedule there of, of debauchery. You know what I think it is? He probably got too full eating 13 wings. If I had to come up with a real reason, he's probably ate 13 wings. And all of a sudden, it just ruined the rest of his day slash maybe the Bills' entire uh, organization. Who, who knows? 13 is very important. Yeah, I can't leave that many wings out. You know, just just too many wings for uh, for Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. So I, I see what you did there. Uh, man. Feel, kind of feel bad for them. Not so much. I mean, just 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 a little bit. Well, we've got six questions for you guys, so let's crack open that six pack. My grandfather, who we've been over this before, played in the NFL. He used to say, if everything is relatively equal, the most desperate team will probably win. So my question for you, Sterling, who's more desperate, Buffalo or Kansas City? Buffalo. By far, Buffalo. I mean, the Chiefs have issues, right? But they're still going to win the AFC West. They're still going to be in the playoffs, frankly, almost all but guaranteed. Even if a disaster second half of the season happens, they're still in the playoffs. The Bills have to nearly go undefeated to have any shot of sniffing the playoffs. Chiefs have all the tiebreakers to begin with as well. Bills, on the other hand, have a very difficult second half of the season, or at least end of the season right now. Like after the Chiefs, it doesn't get any easier. It is a brutal stretch. They need this game way more than the Chiefs do. And not just for this season, but in totality, here's why. Okay, the Bills are old as hell. Chiefs still have the youngest age-adjusted defense in the entire NFL. I mean, you're looking at their secondary of a 32-year-old Jordan Poyer, 32-year-old Micah Hyde, Tredavious White is 28 going on 32. I mean, they went all in on Von Miller. They went all in this season. This was it. Josh Allen, rookie contract, no more. This is a massive game, not just for this season, but what it means for the Bills going forward. If they don't beat Kansas City and they miss the playoffs, blow that thing up, it is over. So not just a game, an organization. This means the world to Buffalo. 
we feel that way, but do they see themselves on their last leg inside that locker room, inside the office of general manager, Brandon Bean? Does, does uh, Sean McDermott, their head coach feel like that? I'm not so sure. I think in Buffalo, they think they have one of the top three quarterbacks in the game. And as long as Josh Allen is going to be around, they have a fighting chance at a Super Bowl. And I also think desperation and your mind state is relative. Buffalo has been living in this. They're, they're a mediocre team this year because of their defense falling apart mm-hmm. and, and Josh Allen not really getting enough help, which is a familiar storyline to those of us in Kansas City. And so I think they've kind of adjusted to this new reality. For Kansas City, I'm not so sure they have. This last game was probably very shocking to that locker room because coming out of Vegas, it seemed like, I mean, we felt like this during the pregame. Something finally clicked with the Chiefs offense. And like they do every season, they were going to right the ship and cruise into the playoffs and get ready for the, um, the Arrowhead Invitational, right? So I think Kansas City is plenty desperate themselves. They know if they don't, if they keep losing like this, that mystique, because a, a lot of sports is still mental, right? And I think the Chiefs for the past five or six years have had a middle advantage on the rest of the league. And they could lose that if they're not careful. I expect this to be a close game, though. One interesting note to hit, all six of the Bills' losses have been by six points or less. So it's not like when they lose, they're getting blown out of the place. And, you know, just like our season, Sky Moore catches that ball in Denver. Kadarius Toney makes a catch in, in Detroit against Detroit. You have the, the MVS, you know, Philadelphia drop. We could have one loss if you just change three plays. You know what I mean? And I think that's the, football. Though. That's the NFL. It, it is. But I think the Bills probably don't feel like they're a six and six team, just like the Chiefs don't feel like they're an eight and four team. Yeah, a lot of the underlying metrics for the Bills offensively are actually really good. They've been relatively unlucky if you believe in luck. Obviously, the NFL, um, when you have a smaller sample size in baseball, right? You know, baseball, it's tough to say you're unlucky when you play 162 games. NFL, when you play 17, there is a little bit that goes into that. I do think the Bills are much better than a 6-6 six and six team. But I think the Chiefs, quite frankly, are better than an eight and four team, right? Um, it's a battle of teams who probably should have more wins and less losses than they currently do. Uh, I love how you mentioned the game being so big on the mental side of things. I mean, let's be real now: ninety percent of the game, half of half of that's physical. The Yogi Bear qu- quote, right? Like because the mental side is so massive. It, the mental side of the game is such a big thing. And the Bills have yet to get over the hump of beating the Chiefs in the playoffs. Now, they've done it in the regular season. And that's a, a big thing in its own right. The Chiefs have, quite frankly, um, I don't know if you'd say been owned. But they've gotten gotten it handed to them a couple of times by the Bills, even in Arrowhead. I still will say this is a much bigger game for the Bills than it is for the Kansas City Chiefs. All right. Well, Josh Allen is third in EPA per play. As you mentioned, their offense is still mostly rolling. It has its flaws. And he actually leads Mahomes uh, after last week in pressure to sack rate. That's a rare feat. I can't remember the last time Mahomes wasn't first in in pressure to sack rate. Basically, the best at avoiding sacks in the league. Uh, So is Allen's MVP worthy season being ignored because of that team's flaws? Yeah, and I still don't really think he's having an MVP season either. I think some of it is on him. Um, When it comes to Buffalo and Kansas City, they have a lot of the same issues, right? And it comes down to they're asking their quarterback to do too much. Now, the difference is the Bills have Stephon Diggs, so it's done a little differently. The difference is their defense is atrocious, so it's a little bit like 2018, Right, the 2018 Chiefs, and they're not able to overcome the atrocious defense of Buffalo Bills, right? The Chiefs, on the other hand, have a pretty solid defense, but the receivers are two scoops of ass, and Mahomes is not able to overcome that so far. So they're both asking their quarterbacks to become heroes, and at times, if they're just merely uh, really good or even great, it's not good enough to get it done. So I think you can see some similarities right there between Josh Allen and Mahomes, both having and forced to be, quite frankly, to play hero ball. I think he's been as good for the most part as any quarterback in the league this year. If you look at Tua 
and Brock Purdy. I mean, come on. Those situations are ridiculous. I made the point on Twitter yesterday that Brock Purdy is the sixth best offensive player in his league and on his, on his own team. And that's not a slide on him. That's just how much talent is surrounding him. Uh, if you asked basically all of the football world, who's the most valuable offensive player in Miami, everyone would say Tyreek Hill. That's not a knock on Tua. Uh, and then, you know, Dak Prescott started slow. He's been on fire for about a month or five weeks or so. Uh, and, and Patrick hasn't been himself either. I think a lot of that's been out of his control. But the issue with Josh Allen is he's been unbelievable, except at the matter, the moments that matter most. He just has too many turnovers, too many boneheaded mistakes. He's got to clean that up if they're going to make the playoffs. And I think given how much he feels he needs to carry the load due to their defense def defensive deficiencies, I don't know that they can correct that in season. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Uh, I'm seeing some injury reports right here as far as folks asking. What I have for you is Jarek McKinnon was limited in practice today. Isaiah Pacheco, Brian Cook, Donovan Smith, and Drew Tranquil did not practice. Um, we won't get a huge update. I wouldn't imagine today uh, in regards to when they're expected back. In regards to Nick Bolton, I will say I would have to imagine Nick Bolton is Good to go. This is my expectation based on what the Chiefs have done previously in the past. When they open up that three-week IR uh, stint, right, they like to get one week of dudes practicing, kind of getting back in the flow of the game. And then yep. that second week, a lot of times they're back. So I would have to imagine, especially with the uncertainty around Drew Tranquil and his concussion. Again, that's not just Chiefs related. That's NFL, right? He's got to pass the protocol. If he can't go, the Chiefs will have to have, or at least I'd have to imagine, would like to have Nick Bolton going. So I'd have to imagine he is going to be active for this upcoming game. That's my uh, personal two cents there. And I saw that uh, Andy Reid said both Nick Bolton and Jarek McKinnon are close. Mm -hmm. So that's good. We'll talk more about Jarek McKinnon later, but I think he's one of the missing ingredients that caused them to lose last week. Yeah. Uh, wide receiver Stefan Diggs is 18th in yards per route run after ranking fifth best last season. Is it fair to say he's slowing down a little bit as he approaches the wide receiver age cliff? This is a tough one. I think his game, because it's so technical, is going to age well and has aged well. And also they put so much on his shoulders. I'm not a big Gabe Davis fan at all. I think he he and Jerry Judy are the most overrated receivers in the National Football League. Uh, Khalil Shakir is okay. Dalton Kincaid's adding a little something. Their running backs are just, you know, whatever. So I think it's pretty easy for an opposing defense to say, if we shut down Stefan Diggs, this offense is in trouble. That puts Josh Allen in hero mode where those mistakes manifest themselves. Uh, but I do think maybe a little bit, you know, maybe he's, he's 80 or 90% Stefan Diggs, similar to what we're seeing with Travis Kelsey. Uh, I will say, since you mentioned uh, a lot on his plate, because I'm with you, I don't trust Gabe Davis at all. Um, Dalton Kincaid's been very, very good, been very solid. But Dawson Knox was a full participant in today's practice. So if they get Dawson Knox back, that would be huge for Buffalo. Again, potentially taking some pressure, maybe some 12 personnel sets that we like to see with Kansas City. But over here with Dalton Kincaid and Dalton Knox, um, again, he was designated to return from IR earlier today. So again, a chance Dawson Knox suits up for the Buffalo Bills. Um, Patrick Allen, great, great question here, Patrick. Uh, I would have liked it better as a super chat, Patrick, but I, I think we'll allow it. Uh, it says, question for the hosts. Will Richie James be the best man, officiant, or both at Sterling's wedding? Both. 
Let's see how long it takes best to realize he's muted. Damn it. Yeah, I was going to say Richie James had a great moment last week, or a good moment, which is more than you can say for most of the other receivers. Yeah, I really hope Richie James gets more time. Uh, but that's okay. I'm tired of beating that dead horse because it sounds like a battle I will not win. Uh, next one, second-round rookie Osiris Torrance has the sixth-worst PFF pass-blocking grade among guards. Can the Chiefs exploit this weakness? Yeah, I think so. I think Chris Jones is going to have to move around and get in there on, on Torrance at an opportune time like he's prone to do. Uh, and I know he hasn't necessarily been the same player he was last last year, but he's been pretty good. I saw people criticizing him for the Packers' performance. He had quite a few pressures. He had a sack at the end. Now, maybe you can attribute that sack to coverage. Uh, but Jordan Love got a moon ball off. He, he could, you could give him a hundred more opportunities at that. Maybe he gets that ball off like that and drops it in two times. Right. I mean, Chris Jones is right there. So, uh, but I would like to see more from the defensive line. I think they've slowed down after a hot start and we need more from Carl Loftus. We need more from a I think Mike Dan is the one guy that's probably playing uh, up to his full potential right now. Uh, haven't seen much from FAU. That's disappointing. And I know he's not getting a lot of burn, but you're a first round pick, dude. You know, no, dude, if you have any sort of gripe against FAU, I'm I'm immediately saying you're, you're overreacting because no, I, I don't have a gripe. I just uh, I, I'm not counting him out. I think he can still be a fine player, maybe even a very good player. I think when you draft a first rounder, you hope they can contribute. No, 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 that's your expectations. That's not the Chiefs' expectations. When you draft a project and he is behind a player who's been very solid in Mike Dana, when you draft him and he's behind a starter in George Harloftis, when the biggest or one of the biggest free agent signings was a defensive end in Charles and Minahu, when your best defensive player swings out to play edge on obvious passing down situations in Chris Jones. Who the hell are you taking off the field for him? There's a reason he's not playing. This was a future move from the get-go. We knew this. We knew this. Folks mad at, at him not being on the field. I think you got to pump the brakes here. I'm not yes, mad. Be mad at the receivers. And, and yeah, why are you drafting a project at 32? It right. takes two to tango. They wanted to get out of that spot. We know they wanted to go up, they wanted to go down, but it takes two to tango. They couldn't. And if you want a wide receiver at 32, what are you doing? Basically trading up just to draft Rasheed Rice in the at 32? Like, all those wide receivers went in tandem from, what, 20 to 24? 20 to 23, whatever it was? Yeah, like pretty much back to back to back to back. Yeah, yeah. No, like, I understand people upset that they drafted a project at 32. They were stuck between a rock and in a hard place. Now, if FAU is not good next year, he's not getting any PT next year. If he all of a sudden uh, in year three, can't see the field at all, then yes, I will agree that was horrendous. But this is way too early to judge a dude. That's all I'm saying. I just wish we got more out of our our first round pick this year. When we're in the window, uh, we don't know how long we'll have Kelsey. We definitely don't know how long we'll have Chris Jones. So it's imperative to to make those early draft choices count, especially at a time our, our defensive line doesn't look as good as it did. But you're, you're right. They did try to trade up. No one wanted to dance. They even tried to trade back with the Raiders who wanted Michael Mayer and got him. And it was unfortunate because the wide receiver run basically put them in no man's land there. And then there was also an offensive tackle run. So they just were kind of, they were kind of sick. Yeah. And, and, uh, I know they kind of liked Quentin Johnson, Johnston, but Rasheed Rice looks like a better version of that same kind of uh, yak merchant with hops to me. Quentin Johnston, if he was on the Chiefs, they literally would have bricks taped to their hands. Like that guy, <laughs> you think Rasheed Rice has had drop issues. My goodness. Um, all right. Uh, and by the way, can we just keep Chris Jones on the interior of the majority of this game? Again, the interior of the Bills offensive line has some holes. Put Chris Jones up against uh, Osiris Torrance all game long and let him feast. Okay, that's all I'm saying. Uh, all right, 
Matt Milano, Tredavious White are on IR. As a result, the Bills rank 22nd in defense of pass DVOA. Is this a get-right game for Mahomes? It should be. He can't run the routes. He can't determine how many snaps receivers get. He can't, you know, squeeze the ball for them. So I'd love to see Jarek McKinnon back out there. I'm going to keep beating that drum because anyone we can get on the field that can make us rely on our wide receivers less, that's helpful. That's why I'm kind of a proponent of bringing in Zach Ertz. I know he's not the same Zach Ertz from years ago. He's still a a smart, savvy, dependable veteran. He played for Doug Peterson, so he knows basically the system, the terminology. It's similar enough. I think he could come in and hit the ground running, do a lot of 12 and 13 personnel, like you said, keep Sky Moore and MVS the hell off the field. I I, I can't believe we haven't reached that, that junction yet, but apparently the Chiefs are just going to stick with this and, you know, ride or die with MVS and Sky Moore. I, I can't grasp it, but I think Patrick Mahomes, man, I expect him to scramble more. I feel like when you back Patrick Mahomes into a corner, you start to see when he gets desperate, he kind of, you know, fine, I'll do this myself. Is that kind of how you feel? Yeah, but man, I thought they were going to get right against the Packers. Like, I, Sure. Until I see it, until I see it, it's, it's the show me state. It's Missouri, man. You got to show me. I, I'm tired of Andy saying, yeah, well, you know, that's on me. We got to get right. We got to do Show me, man. Like, I get it. it's coach speak and all that stuff, but 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 show me. Th- that's where I'm at right now. As far as Zach Ertz is concerned, I like it in a nutshell to an extent, but my one concern is he's basically just Noah Gray. At this point, you know, he's Noah Gray. He's not necessarily going to take snaps away from Blake Bell, I would not think, right? Because Blake Bell is your blocking tight end in 13 personnel. You don't see him out there very much in 12 personnel to begin with. So then at that point, you're having Travis Kelsey, obvious, Noah Gray, and Zach Ertz. Well, they're very similar guys, I think, at this point in, in their career. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Ertz is still a massive upgrade. But that's how I see that shaking out, and I don't see a real path for all three to be on the field at the same time. Blake Bell isn't giving you much. Correct. No, I, I And I, I also think when, when Blake Bell's out there, uh, unless it's in the red zone and, and it's kind of a trick play or something where they actually get him the ball, opposing defenses are just like, okay, that's a blocker. We don't have to worry about that guy. You, If they can find a way to play Noah Gray, uh, Zach Ertz, and Travis Kelsey together, they've been great passing out of 13 personnel, which mm-hmm. is very surprising to people when you think about that formation. But it, it puts the defense in a in kind of a Sophie's Choice situation. I do see an urge could replace Kelsey on snaps where Kelsey gets a blow. Then you can still run 12 personnel with, with Noah Gray and Zach Ertz. I get all that stuff. And again, I wouldn't be mad. I just don't know how much he moves the needle compared to what people are expecting. I just have some tempered expectations. I would say uh, as far as what three receivers do I think uh, should receive the majority of the snaps for Kansas city. Uh, obviously I'm going Rasheed Rice. I'm going Kadarius Tony at this point, which is absurd that they try and save him, yet they will use him occasionally as a returner and as well as running him out of the backfield so he can take unnecessary hits because, yeah, of course, that's a good way to save a guy. Uh, but, yeah, no, because the fact he's never been squared up as he's caught a ball as a wide receiver, somehow he can't do that, but let him try and get knocked in the backfield. Yeah, that makes a whole bunch of sense, Kansas City. Uh, I would say those two for sure. And my third guy, I like Richie James. Um, I still want to see more Richie James. Uh, I'm done with MVS. If he's a deep ball threat and can't run a deep ball route, why the hell is he out there? Um, You know, if the whole thought process is he's a veteran, he knows where to be, but yet he does not know where to be, then put the young guy out there and let him learn. Let him show you if he knows where to be right now. Because until you try that, you have zero idea. I know for a fact MVS does not know where to be. With Kadarius, with Rasheed, with, with Richie, we don't know. So let me see that. Yeah, I'm definitely going Rishi Rice. Kadarius Tony's 22% route participation on the season, I'm just baffled. It'll never make sense to me. And like you said, they can say uh, they're saving him because of injury. 
but they're talking out of both sides of their mouth because you don't put that guy in the backfield and, and treat him like a battering ram if you're really concerned about his health. And you know what? I don't care if he knows where to be because Justin Watson and Sky Moore and MVS don't know where to be either. But at least Kadarius Tony is explosive with the ball in his hands. At least he has some juice. At least he can make guys miss and, and gives a little dynamism to the to the offense that the other guys don't. I would probably pick, I'm, I'm with you, uh, Justin Watson's been okay, and we need to see more Richie James. I don't understand how they don't think Richie James can do a better job of doing what Sky Moore is doing. It's asinine. It's absurd. It's very frustrating. Let's move on to the, move on to the next one before you blow a gasket. So Ed Oliver, Greg Rousseau, and Co. form let's say a decent pass rush for the Buffalo Bills. Can the Chiefs O line, possibly including Wanye Morris, we heard that news today. Can they hold up better than they did in Week 13? Sure, hope so. I mean, the, I, I am not worried about the interior three at all. I know some of the penalties have come from those three. I do think part of it is because when you have Donovan Smith and Jawan Taylor, who are so heavily penalized, offensive—I mean, um, the referees are so focused on the Chiefs' offensive line. Any small thing, they're going to be like, "Yep, those guys." Because Creed Humphrey did not hold. They called a hold against him, and I'm sure it's because they're like, well, I'm so focused watching these guys, you're getting called. Um, Wani Morris actually was a really good run blocker, although PFF did not think so for some reason. I think PFF was honestly wrong there. I thought Wanye was a very very big upgrade compared to Donovan Smith in the run game as far as run blocking goes. His pass protection was fine. Uh, That one play that everyone has been pointing to, I think, was debunked. If you look at Mitchell Schwartz, Mahomes just dropped back way too far. Way too far. It was an impossible situation to put Wanya Morris in. It was like 11 steps or something, right? So as long as Mahomes does not drop back that far, it's going to take a little bit of getting used to for Wanya, right? I mean, he's not used to what Mahomes does. Donovan Smith is finally starting to understand it, and even he – doesn't quite have the tools to get back there that deep. Um, but I do think the Chiefs' offensive line would hold up fairly well against Buffalo. I have a lot of faith in them. Juwan Taylor, for as much as I've harped on I hate the contract, he's still a pretty solid right tackle when the penalties are not coming. That's just the major caveat. You can't have those penalties. Yeah, and Donovan Smith and Juwan Taylor being so heavily penalized and kind of having that reputation, it's brought additional scrutiny on the other guys. Somehow Joe Tooney just continues to be uh, the friendly neighborhood cyborg that doesn't make mistakes. He's he's so phenomenal. I, I don't think we give him enough credit. But yeah, there's been a few weird whistles on Creed Humphrey. I think Trey Smith has had a little bit of a down year, to be completely honest. And and maybe part of that is is due to playing next to next to Taylor and 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 how up and down Taylor's been. But the good news is Ed Oliver, I think, is the guy here, the closest thing they have to a dude. And I trust our interior to not let him, you know, have a field day. The last game, it was, I felt like uh, Rashawn Gary gave us a lot of problems. Even Lucas Van Ness, the rookie out of Iowa, who I think we liked during the draft process. So it was the edges, but I don't think they're as equipped at edge with, with um, Greg Rousseau. Who else they got? Is Boogie Basham even healthy? And then Von Miller, who is still up in the air. I think right now he's probably slated to play, but who knows? Um, Which is kind of frustrating, but that's another that's another debacle. I think the the NFL just needs to be take these matters seriously and be consistent. That's what we really ask for as fans: is just be consistent. Right? Who's, less, who's less consistent? The NFL's policy in regards to this, the NFL referees. Or the college football playoff committee. Mm. I got to go NFL referees. I mean, that, they're they're the biggest roller coaster, I, I think, imaginable at this point. That last sequence in the Packers game. I mean, that says it all. Someone wow. could not have watched a minute of the NFL this season that understands football. You show them that last minute of the game, and you're like, "This is what's wrong with the state of NFL officiating." So. Wow, I just got roasted by Andrew. Um, Andrew, welcome to the show. Damn, I got roasted. It says Sterling Stash makes him look like he's going to have to go around to all houses within a thousand foot radius to announce his arrival to their community if when he moves in. Damn, Andrew. I thought the stash was looking good. 
That hurts. That hurts. I like the stash, man. Don't take it personally. And as you've probably noticed, I'm growing out the beard. You know why? Because I am going to lose a bet to you uh, because I believed what the chief said about Sky Moore. So instead of just growing a mustache, I'm going to grow the beard and then unleash the mustache when it's fully formed. It's, it's fair. It's tough, but fair. I like it. You know, I, I don't like starting off with a wispy mustache because I, I do feel like I, I'm like a sleazy car dealer or something. <laughs> I won't make you go through that tough period. Ian McMillan did it with Stack in the Box, and uh, I won't make you do that too. God, you're just making everybody else get on the mustache train with you. Mm. All right, we're doing Hot Take Kingdom. We doing this bad boy? Yes, we are. Yes, we are. So this week's Hot Take Kingdom is... The Chiefs will still get the one seed and eventually wrap the AFC in the Super Bowl. Welcome to the kingdom. First, let's look at the Dolphins. They're currently the one seed. I kind of can't believe it because they can't beat anybody good. But that's the situation. They, they, they do struggle against marquee opponents, but anybody that, that's kind of mid or bad, they, they blow to smithereens. But they play the Cowboys, the Ravens, and the Bills. That Ravens game is important because right now, both the Ravens and Dolphins are ahead of the Chiefs in the pecking order for the one seed. But one of them is going to knock each other off. And I could easily see the Cowboys beating the Dolphins, given how well they're playing. So I'm just not that worried about the Dolphins until they beat somebody. Now the Ravens, we've seen the Ravens beat good teams. They flat out pistol whipped the Detroit Lions. We've seen them look dominant. But they also face a brutal, a brutal schedule, including the Niners on the road. I do not expect them to go into San Francisco and win that game, given the way the uh, 49ers are dismantling everybody. After adding Chase Young, nobody can block them. When they have all their skill player weapons, they, they, they pretty much look unbeatable to me. And that's why I said represent the AFC in the Super Bowl and not win the Super Bowl. But the Ravens also don't have Mark Andrews. He's the second most important piece of their offense, their version of Travis Kelsey. I'm not saying he's Travis Kelsey, but... He might be the closest thing in the NFL, right? And then Lamar has done nothing in the playoffs. So until we see it from Lamar, and I like Lamar. I've defended him on this program many a time, but uh, just, not, just not believing it. And then you look at the current four to seven seats. Have you realized this yet? The, the quarterback epidemic that we're seeing? So seeds four through seven, Jags, Steelers, Colts and Browns, all have backup quarterback starting. And that's also true for the Bengals, who right now are outside looking in. I'd still like to keep the Bengals out of the playoffs. That would be a lot of fun for us in Kansas City after that, how, how heated that rivalry has gotten. Uh, the Bills, we have the chance to knock the Bills out this weekend, I think. This is basically an elimination game for them. Yeah, the Bills schedule, really quickly, for those that don't know, they play at Arrowhead, then they host the Cowboys, then they go to the Chargers. Again, I don't think the Chargers are a great team, but they at least have Justin Herbert and at times have shown the ability to to look pretty good. Uh, Then they play the Patriots, who the Patriots suck, but they've actually already beat the Bills once this year. Uh, They always have a a way to stay close with Buffalo, and they finish up at Miami. Um, That's a brutal, brutal schedule. Yeah, they're not getting through that gauntlet. The Texans, I know everyone is excited about Houston, but rookie quarterback, rookie head coach, not yet ready for prime time yet, in my opinion. Maybe they'll surprise everybody, but but I'll have to uh, see it to believe it. Denver's luck, I mean, that's run dry, right? We're not going to see Denver in the playoffs, are we? No. No, we won't. So who's left to really scare the Dickens out of the Chiefs? There's there's nobody that's really scary. I'm not saying one of these teams can't beat the Chiefs, but the Chiefs still have to be the favorites in my mind. They've been their own worst enemy. 
if they cut down on penalties and turnovers, the AFC is theirs. And we know these things tend to regress. They're the most penalized team in the league right now, I believe. Jawan Taylor is the most penalized offensive player. With Jerry Sneed, if he's not the most penalized defensive player, he's damn close. Drew Tranquil and Nick Bolton returning, that will fix a lot defensively. I don't want to be hard on Jack Cochran because coming in, being the green dot, Monday night football in Lambeau, you haven't got the practice reps with the first team. Just an impossible mission, right? I, I don't know how he could have done much better than he did, right? I'm with you there. That was tough. I saw an incredible chat and it just bump a BB. First off, always appreciate you. Um, but great comment. You know how we're talking about who are the Chiefs scared of? Who's scared of the Chiefs, though? Like right now, who's scared of the Chiefs? Like you talk about the Niners. No one wants to play the Niners. I love Aiden says the Raiders. Yeah, the Raiders are scared of the Chiefs. But as far as actual playoff contenders, Ravens, Dolphins, who's scared of the Chiefs? I think they're afraid of Mahomes. I think you have to be because you know that guy, no matter what's going on with the Chiefs, if he gets in the zone, it doesn't matter what's going on around him. He'll find a way. He has the capability to basically beat you on his own. I'm not saying they're scared of the entire team, but I think I think Mahomes has earned that fear. Mm-hmm. Um, now, Drew Tranquil and Nick Bolton returning back to that. The Packers were second in rushing success rate last week to only San Francisco. And I don't think A.J. Dillon is, is any good, really, to be frank. Mm-hmm. He, he's never been an efficient running back. He, he might look, you know, like Derrick Henry, but he is certainly not Derrick Henry. Uh, so, and, and Derrick Noddy is so bad. He has oh. been terrible this year. If Drew Tranquil and Nick Bolton aren't back there to clean up for him, it's a disaster. We mentioned Jarek McKinnon earlier. I think he is a huge X factor for the Chiefs. Down the stretch last year, Mahomes continuously relied on the jet in the red zone. They need help in the red zone. That has been one of the problems. If they score those two touchdowns instead of kicking field goals, we aren't even having this conversation today. But they struggled in the red zone. And I think that just gives Mahomes one more place to go when his wide receivers betray him. And most of all, I already said that I already expect the, the, the Mahomes magic to get turned up to 11. But I also expect Reed and Spags to be in their bag when it matters most. I'm not one of these fans that think they they go super duper vanilla all season to the extent it loses them games and they save everything for the playoffs. But I do think they save some things for the playoffs, that they set some things up for the playoffs and that they're they're at their best when they can, you know, just empty the clip. So, Sterling, you've heard my case. Are you coming into the castle or are you staying outside the walls? This is really hard for me, man. Ooh. This is really hard. The Chiefs, after the Bills, have such an easy schedule. But we thought the Chiefs were going to roll over, or the Chiefs were going to blow the Broncos out for the second time this year. They th- we thought they were going to, I thought, they were going to hammer Green Bay. I thought it was a bad matchup for Green Bay. I really did. I think Green Bay is a good team, but I thought that's this is a horrible matchup for the Packers. Now, injuries play a factor and all that stuff, but... I didn't think it should have been that close. I thought the Chiefs were going to win by double digits. I really did. And I, and I don't pick that very often. Like, you know me, I'm pretty conservative. I, I thought the Chiefs were going to win like 24-13 against the Packers. Didn't happen. I'm, I'm nervous right now, man. Any team, though, in the AFC is beatable. Yeah. Like, it's not like there's a juggernaut. Like, I know how we're talking about, you know, Miami and Baltimore and the Chiefs. Like, Jacksonville, who knows how long Trevor Lawrence is going to be out. And they don't scare me to begin with. I thought they were frauds all along. Pittsburgh with Kenny Pickett. Sorry. Cleveland with they Joe don't even Flacco? have Kenny Pickett right now. They have Mitchell Trubisky. Right now. Cleveland with Houston. I mean, Houston's good, but they're young and inexperienced. And you know, I was very high on them coming into the season, but they've even exceeded my expectations. And also Tank Dell's now out for the year. That's big. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, frankly, Buffalo is like the team you might be most scared of because of the talent on that team. But they're probably going to miss the playoffs. Like, I'm sitting here going, the only team that really scares me 
come playoff time, and that's all going to come down to health, is Baltimore. Baltimore is the only team that I truthfully think, all things being considered, they go head-to-head with Kansas City with a healthy Lamar and a healthy team is going to be a really good playoff matchup. Like, that's going to be tough for Kansas City to face. Miami doesn't scare me. I know their defense is better now than it was when the Chiefs played them earlier on and they have Devon Achan back. I get that. But Baltimore has this little something going where they're good in all facets. Well, yeah, they might not have the downfield presence of Miami. Well, yeah, they don't have uh, – actually, they do kind of have the defense of Baltimore of, of, of um, um, Cleveland, I should say. They're a really good team. Like, Miami doesn't scare me. Baltimore is the one team that scares me, but they're – Final few games of the year make me think that they're not going to get the one seed. I do think the Chiefs get the one seed. But I, I don't know if I can fully say that they're going to rep the AFC in the Super Bowl. I, I So someone's going to come into Arrowhead and, and beat the Chiefs. Man, it's, it's so hard because, again, Lamar Jackson has never done it. Like, no one who was, who was going to be facing Kansas City is ever going to have gone into Arrowhead in the playoffs and beat them. Mm-hmm. So it's hard, but also the same thing happened when at one point Mahomes had never won a playoff game either. Eventually you have to do it. Yeah. Um, damn. I agree with you on Baltimore. My the fear with Baltimore is that this happens with them sometimes. They come out on fire. Lamar Jackson goes nuts. Their running game, they just unleash their running game. They score. They get up big. If you get with that defense, if they get up big on you, I just don't think the Chiefs can come back on them if they get buried early. You know, last year, the year before, I was never worried about a 10 or 14-point def- deficit. Now now I do, unfortunately. You kind of yeah. have to, right? Yeah, I like this comment from Aiden. Definitely don't want to see a wild card Bills team on a run. Because, yeah, if the, if the Bills do make the playoffs, that means they are hot. That means they are peaking at the right moment. You don't want to see that. Uh, Phantom yeah. says, I worry about our inability to stop the run. Fortunately, the Bills have no running game besides Allen. Very good point. That's why Miami doesn't scare me a ton. Although I will say they can score points in a lot of different ways, right? Because when Devon Achan is there, they can score on the ground. But I trust the Chiefs' ability to slow down Tyreek Hill and basically lock up Jalen Waddell. I do think the Chiefs' secondary is incredible. I think that was their one bad game of the season. We saw it against the Packers. I mean, you're not going to be literally the best secondary in the NFL every single game. That was their one bad game. They got it out of their system. I think they will be back against the Bills. And as the second half, I guess the finishing part of the season continues, I believe in them very, very much. Um, I guess they'll come into the kingdom, but I'm kind of not happy about it. Like Begrudgingly. Yeah, I, I think they do get the one seed, but... And I do, th- I do think this, the Chiefs, I think, are built for the playoffs as far as they can run the ball very effectively. The issue comes down to, will they run the ball? Pacheco, 108 yards in three quarters. He finished with 110 because he had one carry in the fourth quarter. Part of that might be, I mean, they probably don't want to give him more than 20 touches. I wouldn't want to give any running back more than 20 touches if, you, if you're interested in keeping them healthy. Uh and they well, don't I'm interested in winning games. Like, I'm sorry. I, I get it, man. I get what you're saying there. If it's a blowout, yeah, go ahead. Do whatever you want. And it got to have it. And this is the way you've moved the football most effectively. I don't give a hoot. You worry yeah. about next week, next week. You worry about this game right now. They should have never stopped giving the ball to Pacheco. So I think what we're saying is the teams that have – the other two teams that have great quarterbacks – elite superstar quarterbacks are the ones that actually scare us Baltimore and Buffalo because Baltimore is a complete team, but they have a quarterback who can take over a game. And so the bills, but nobody else does at this point, maybe CJ, CJ Stroud will become that down the line. Maybe Trevor Lawrence will as well, but I don't think high ankle sprain Trevor Lawrence is going to rip through the AFC. No. No, I don't think so. And I was not high on their offense um, as the season's gone on. I mean, he's looked better since the first six, eight games of the season or so, but that's not a team that that scares me. Yeah, their running game is really poorly designed. 
if you if you watch them. I think Trav, uh, Travis Etienne is a pretty great talent, but uh, it's just very vanilla, very predictable, very mundane. And he's been playing better, Trevor Lawrence, since he had a knee injury, right? And I think since he's been a little bit more mobile, his plays improved. Calvin Ridley, they figured out how to use them, but I don't know. I think that team is Fugazi, right? <laughs> Fugazi, Fugazi. Uh, before we move on, final thoughts. I just want to say this shows you how wide open the AFC is, how it is literally up for grabs. We thought last year was a rebuilding year for Kansas City and they won a Super Bowl. Looks like it might be more of this year is the rebuilding year for Kansas City. But again, they still have a shot. And when you have a shot with Patrick Mahomes as your quarterback, with Andy Reid as your head coach, with the playoff experience that this team has, you got to back them. So I guess all said and done, I'll back the boys in red. It's kind of by default. I feel the same way. I just don't know who else can do it. So let's close out tonight's show with a new segment, an interactive segment. It's called Isaiah Pacheco's Running Style. So here's what we did. We asked AA Twitter followers to describe how Pacheco runs in funny or clever fashion. For example, I once described his style like this. Pacheco plays football like a psychiatrist prescribed it as anger management therapy. And then we had uh, JJ Zacharyson quoted him. And this one has spread around. Pacheco runs like Super Mario with the invincibility star, <laughs> which I, I think is perfect, right? So chat, feel free to throw some in the mix as we go. But here are our favorite responses from our followers. Uh, yeah, shout out to everyone who participated in this. This was very fun. Uh, Chief Bozo says, running like the rent is always due. Justin Stanforth says, typewriter feet. I like that. Fat White says, like there's 197 a pound brisket in the end zone. Okay, I will say, if there's dollar ninety-seven pound of brisket in the end zone, you better see me hustling like that too. No doubt. Our own Stacy Smith, he runs like he has the runs. Oh, Stacy, come on now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Clinton says, an unbalanced washing machine on legs. Yeah, I, I can see it. <laughs> Dude, I have a 1960s washing machine. Still runs. Why throw it away if it still works, right? Yeah. That is such an apt description because that bad boy is rocking. Now, every time I do laundry, I'm going to be thinking of Isaiah Pacheco. Yeah, while that extra movement, but it works. So if it ain't broke, Chiefs Chick Texas says like he wants to murder the air and anything else in his path. Fatty Patty, like a baby rhino. I can see that. Shane Foster, like the ground said something mean about his mama. What your mama joke do you think it was? Um... She fell down and broke her leg and gravy poured out. I don't know. It's the first one that comes. That's the first one that comes to mind. I don't, I don't know a lot of you, yo mama jokes anymore. I mean, that was kind of like sixth grade for me, I think. Uh, SL Cole says a grandma running to meet their first grandbaby. Colby Davis says like he's running over hot coals. Yeah, that's pretty good. That That's like the most realistic one, honestly. Uh, if Macho Man Randy Savage and the Tasmanian Devil had a love child with an energy energy drink dependency. Extremely specific there. Uh, T. Mike says, perpetually running downhill while using uphill running form. <laughs> I don't even know what that means, but it sounds right. It sounds, yeah. T. Mike, that was good. Uh, the original Russ Wilson says, if Jack Hammer married a Corvette. Sounds cool. Carson Brown, like someone tried to hand him St. Louis barbecue. Yeah, if someone did that, we're, we're throwing we're, it. Yeah, we're, we're out. We're out. Uh, Bob Sally, a Karen headed to the manager's office. Tidy Bowl Man 65. Interesting name there, some of these names. Like a leather sewing machine. Mm. We got Is anything from the chat? No, no. Guys, I think we used them all. Yeah, we did. 
All I know is I wouldn't want to tackle him because I'd be nervous that I'm getting some chiclets knocked out because his knees, those high knees around your dome, I'm out. Well, that's what happened to Tranquil. He got yeah. you know the the quad father's knee right in his head. I mean, of all the running backs to knee you in the head, AJ Dillon. Whew. But it's uh, either AJ Dillon or Saquon Barkley. Those are the only two dudes I do not. Well, I guess everyone. But if I had two dudes, who I specifically did not want to. It's those two guys. Right. Like you don't want to get trucked by Derrick Henry high, but his legs aren't aren't like tree trunks or anything. Uh, I just would like Pacheco's energy for a day. Speaking of energy drinks, can we like create some super serum from like share the wealth, man? You've got too much energy for one person. Well, I'm sure you could have that energy, but uh, it's illegal and it's going to cost you. Okay. Before we get into uh, inappropriate territory, even more than we already have, that's all we've got for you, addicts. Big props to the chat. As always, we appreciate you. Uh, Before you roll out, do us a favor and mash the like button on this video. Consider subscribing if you haven't. Like, what are you doing if you haven't? And if you're an audio listener on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, please consider giving us a five-star rating. That really helps us get the word out. So we will be back next Wednesday at 4.30 p.m. right here on the Arrowhead Addict YouTube channel. Until then, please beat Buffalo. Go Chiefs. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.